Welcome to the Life's a Pitch podcast, the show where we pitch the best movies that will never get made. I'm Tom McGrath. And I'm Matt Turner. This is the podcast where we ask you, the listener, to give us a title of a movie that doesn't exist. Yet. We then collaborate to create a pitch for that movie, complete with casting, story beats, and sometimes even marketing. Without further ado, this week's main feature is... The Greatest Story Ever Told 2. Resurrected in New York. (laughs) It's another one where I'm going to bust up against the uh, character limit of the uh, podcast titles and soundcloud. (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, it's just we're definitely having Tim Curry in it as a as some kind of hotel manager, and I'm just really looking forward to it. Wait a minute. So right. I know whose story has a hotel manager in it. Right, I'm starting to get ideas already. Quick, let's move on. <laughs> uh, well, we'll find out what happens in uh, Greatest Story Ever Told 2, uh, Resurrected in New York, um, after we do the, uh, the uh, honourable mentions. But uh, joining us to pitch some... Uh, pitch some biblical epics um, this week is Dave Bulmer. Hello. Uh, how you doing, Dave? I'm all right. Yep, doing all right. I'm uh, five weeks post-jab, so in another seven weeks, I'll be running around causing <laughs> havoc, painting the town red, licking the town red. I kind of like the idea of Dave, like a, a little doing a little video of Dave just kind of acting out that beginning part of uh, the Birds of Prey movie with Harley Quinn, just sort of messing yep. around, just r- painting the town red and just yep. getting a big egg, big egg sandwich. And yeah. Generally, <laughs> big generally egg, a big egg sandwich, yeah. Getting, getting chased by mobsters, hanging off balconies, all yep. that. I just, yep. I just really imagine you sliding down a handrail just in the middle of town, just wee. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> That's the sort of stuff I'm going to be getting up to, but I'll be, but I'll, I'll, as I slide down it, I'm going to be licking it as well, <laughs> all the way down, a big trail all the way down the handle. It'd be brilliant. Looping yeah, it up as you go down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really looking forward to the sort of like uh, when people have jabs and they're, and they're like, I'm free of all germs. They yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We we've done it. We've Cured disease in general. Yeah. <laughs> Take that, Thank horseman. You. Thank you, <laughs> Hank Pfizer, for curing disease. <laughs> so, biblical this is what we're doing this week with Dave. Um, Pete Meller gave us the title Greatest Story Ever Told 2, Resurrected in New York. Uh, he got in touch with us <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> it's like you just realised that it exists, and the, the and and the implications have just come home to I roost. Think, I, I think Sam Beckett has just quantum leaped into Tom, and he's like, he's just got this script in front of him. He's like, and they got in touch with us on Twitter. Oh boy! Yeah, no, oh boy, he did get in touch with us. He did get in touch with us on Twitter. Ziggy! Uh, he did get in touch with us on Twitter. <laughs> Thank you, Pete, for that title. You can find us on Twitter at Life's a Pitch Show. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Life's a Pitch Podcast. So before we get on to The Greatest Story Ever Told 2, the first the first sequel I think we've probably pitched. 
like straight off the bat. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So we're going to get on with some biblical mentions. So this is the part of the show where we just go for a few more titles people have given us on the social media and pitch what those would be as well. Hang on a minute. Wait a minute. There must be a bible word that sounds a bit like honourable, surely. Come on. Apostle... Uh, mm, no. Apocryphal. Apocryphal mentions. Hey, no, hey, nice. Is that, is that, is that a bible one? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It is. It's like we only know about the word apocryphal because of religion, so it counts. Yeah. It's, I think, <laughs> even if, like, even yeah, if Jesus... Yeah. There's never a bit where, like, you know, Moses goes, that's apocryphal or whatever, but it doesn't matter, you know. <laughs> still a biblical yeah. word. Did, did, did God really coin apocryphal? <laughs> I think He's like, like it's not one of mine. I don't know why you're all saying it. <laughs> Riley Glenn, we've got Job's Odd Jobs. So it reads Job's Odd Jobs. Jobs, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh... if I remember correctly, Job is the bloke who was like, I love the Lord and that. And then the devil comes up to God and goes like, oh, I bet he's only saying that because how his life is really good. And God's going, no, he's not. And the devil goes, well, well, why not take everything away from him then and then see if he'll still love you then? And God goes, all right, I will. And he does. He completely ruins his life. And Job goes, I still love the Lord. <laughs> and that is it, I think. That's, that's, uh, that's meant to be. The, that's it. That's the story, I think. I have one other no- <laughs> piece of knowledge about the book of Job. Uh-huh. And that is that it is the book that mentions the behemoth that oh. uh, many creationists believe what dinosaurs are, right? Yeah. The, the Bible re- the Bible recognises dinosaur fossils because it right. mentions once a behemoth. Right, cool. Um, and and <laughs> so <laughs> I, think, I think we have to have, if we're going to make Job's odd jobs be anything, it's got to be like, oh, I've lost everything. Uh-huh. And now I've got to battle some dinosaurs because they're everywhere. Oh, there you go. So Job's odd jobs. <laughs> what he what he is, he's an odd job man. But the only odd jobs anyone really needs is like dinosaur slaying. So he, <laughs> you know, he went in hoping to, I don't know, put up shelves or like do a bit of like painting of a wall or something. And they're like, well, we are being ravaged by T-Rexes. And oh, all right. Okay, well. So he... So he steps out into the into the beyond the veil, as it were, yeah. right? beyond the the hills that mark where civilized society, you know, people who live under God live, mm. yeah. right? And he heads out to go and hunt down some dinosaurs. Yeah. But when he gets there, he's he finds like he 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 kind of gets over the top of the mountain, right? And he's like, whoa, this is pretty slippy. Whoa! And he slides all the way down. <laughs> Uh, and and as he gets as he slides, he becomes a Hanna Barbera cartoon of himself. Okay. Um, and he, you realise that he's sliding down the neck of a brontosaurus. The neck of a big brontosaurus. Yeah. Yeah. And and when he gets there, it becomes clear that all these dinosaurs are also doing odd jobs uh. for the people of the fl- of of, of uh, bedrock. Uh, bedrock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why <laughs> are the people it's of Bedrock? So, the the, is it the people of Bedrock who <laughs> who wanted him to eliminate these dinosaurs? Because that feels like <laughs> that. I, I feel like that's against their own interests. They were like, no, oh, in, in, in a, go and kill that digger. Of... <laughs> right. So, uh, Dave, have you seen the movie Scoop? <laughs> I haven't. No, I've been avoiding that one diligently so far. Um, so, as far as I understand it, it was intended to be a, an opening up. Of the Pandora's box that is the Hanna Barbera cinematic, cinematic universe. universe, right? Right. I watched the scene in which Scooby Doo fights Captain Caveman, and I regret yeah. it. Uh, but listen, if Hanna Barbera is paying, I don't mind. So, sure. what if we try to mix across the Flintstones 
and the Bible. Right. Your pitch for the the, the Flintstones entry in the new Hanna Barbera cinematic universe series is to fold into it Job from the Book of Job. Yes. As, exactly. a, a, as not just her main character, but the main character of the story. One, a, a character in a spin-off from the best-selling book in the world. <laughs> oh, fa- uh, aha, I see, yeah. The execs are going to go for it if you put it in those terms, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love so that, I love that we, marketing we, advice. <laughs> Just... Yeah. But wait a minute, wait a minute. Do they have the rights? Who made who makes these? Uh, who made Scoob? We need to know if they've got the the because we don't want to we don't want to find ourselves in a Sony Spider Man situation. We want to make I, sure that we can use all of the characters from both the Bible and Hanna Barbera. I, I make... think that I think the Book of Job is public domain at this point. Is it? Oh right, yeah. uh, it's quite old actually. Yeah, but it is yeah, right now. Like... Well, the thing is, you know, Disney have been working to extend copyright for a while, so it could yeah, be. Got, I, well, I think say. we have to check. We're going to get the legal we... people on this. Yeah. We will need to check that Disney hasn't at any point made anything about the Book of Job. Because yeah. if so, it's Disney, and I, I assume that means that legally they have the rights to everything and anyone that those people You're have right. ever, ever known. That's why Disney have recently done all those live-action remakes of stories from the Bible. It's just to extend their copyright, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, They're no, nowhere yeah. near as good as the animated originals. <laughs> John Goodman what, did, veg- go up, did put in a good performance as Fred. Fl- I mean, Job. Uh, in- <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think I think Job slides down this brontosaurus's neck. Yeah, uh, <laughs> ends up in, in bedrock. Going yabadabadoo. <laughs> he gets in his car. He goes home. Uh, there's a cat jumps out of the window, and so he has to put it in the house. <laughs> and then the cat he locks him out so he bangs on the door and shouts Wilma yeah yeah and, is that the uh, end of that movie yeah and yeah, he's God, no no it's not the end because then it pans out to God up in heaven and he's like because ah, it's him that locked him out of the house yeah because it's Job God is constantly screwing with Job and just making everything go wrong for him just mess yeah yeah like when um... so like so Job was like oh do you know what I fancy tonight a lovely big rack of ribs I'm going to have a lovely big rack of ribs and feed my family. We're going to have a brilliant time. So they go there. They go to the restaurant. They put the big, they attach the big rack of ribs to the side of the car. And everything's great. And then God goes, I watch this to the devil. And he zaps it. And it makes his whole car fall over because it's so heavy. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, oh, that God. He's such a prankster, isn't he? But only to Joe. Yeah. Uh, tell you what, we, 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 could, we could even build two cinematic universes at once here, oh. if you want. Um, oh. we could, this could be the beginning of The Repenters. Um, in which people who have been messed by messed with by God yes. uh, join up. So you've got you've got Job, you've got um, Abraham. Yeah. Uh, yep. You know he he was he was gonna he's like he's gonna he's gonna sac- I'm gonna sacrifice my son and then God's like eh, yeah yeah. Uh, yeah. Got you. Look at your face. Job. You were gonna sacrifice <laughs> your son. Ah. <laughs> and there's Job. You've just been locked. <laughs> it's Ashton Kutcher that comes out playing God. <laughs> and then, yes. like, obviously, you know, Jesus. You know, like, God really screwed with him. He got him killed yeah. and everything. So that's he's, he's going to be the killed. leader of the repenters. He really walked into that one, though, didn't he? I know, yeah. 
He did. He did really walk yeah. with a cross on his back. He walked. Into I know. Yeah, <laughs> through the town. Yeah. <laughs> so the repenters are. Listen, uh, we're girl, listen, we can... listen, listeners. We're allowed to make these jokes because after a year of lockdown, we've all got long hair and beards, so we're basically the same as Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> just about yeah so yeah we, we've uh, we've discovered that jo- Job's Odd Jobs is the start of the Hanna-Barbera cinematic universe yeah uh, <laughs> along with the the start of the Repenters cinematic universe yeah well is it because uh, yeah uh, like so is Job still fighting these dinosaurs or is he simply living the life of Fred Flintstone now and where's Fred during all of this has he been is, is Fred <laughs> has, been, has he been cast out into the wilderness so now he's having to kill dinosaurs and I, I, I'm confused as to what's happened He's wanting. <laughs> he's wanting revenge. That's all we know. That's that's yeah. at this point. That we'll save that for phase two. Oh, that's the yeah. That's the end credit sequence where yeah. Fred Flintstone <laughs> turns around and goes like, "Right, I'll do it myself." And he picks up. I don't know. It's like a crane bird or something with a long neck and a beak, and he's going to stab people with it. I don't know. <laughs> and the and the and the crane goes, "It's a living." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or a killing. What what happens is that that Job wants his stable life back so much that God's taken away from yeah. him that he try he, that he jumps through the window of Fred Flintstone's house mm-hmm. and locks him out. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, <laughs> it's and, not the and, cat. And basically... It's not the cat. It's Job from the Bible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he takes he takes over basically Fred Flintstone's life um, and then Fred Flintstone is, 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 is cast out and that's the devil that is like look look Job has, has clearly devil played by um, uh, played by Willem Dafoe obviously okay. yeah. um, the, um, the devil's like look God clearly Job is now what he's done is just stolen the life of Fred Flintstone just because you took all of his stuff away you weren't expecting like, that were you God that, you never <laughs> saw that coming did you I'll be honest, I didn't. <laughs> and he's now he's like, now just you wait. And then when Fred Flintstone is like trying to bash down the door, right? He's like, ah, because ah, he's come back the next day. And eventually he smashes down the door. And inside, Job has fixed every appliance oh. and every every part of the house up. Mm-hmm. He's done a load of odd jobs. Yes. He's he's ah. without without Fred Flintstone asking him. Yes. He's done. He's fixed. It's like changing rooms in there. It looks great. <laughs> They've got the little Hanna Barbera sparkle everywhere. You know that that, that that something's just been cleaned and it was all all good. We're also starting off the changing rooms cinematic universe. <laughs> <laughs> so there we are that's job uh, job's odd jobs <laughs> we're off to a good biblical epic start uh with that one i think um, three cinematic universes in one movie yeah that's a good yeah. start we've just made the the contract of our careers <laughs> <laughs> so from reese howell we've got drop kick me jesus through the goalposts of life <laughs> <laughs> All right. This sounds okay. like a Christian rock song. Yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it does a bit, yeah. So it's like Jesus take the wheel, isn't it? Apart yeah. from way more violent. Mm. Um, it's, it's Jesus do something to me. That's that's basically the premise of uh of of most <laughs> titles for Christian rock songs, right? Christian Christian country rock songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, well, who can forget such such um, Christian uh, country rock songs as uh, "Step on Me, Jesus, I'm Your Bad Little Boy," <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, and "Tie Me Up, Jesus, 
I've I I, I repent. <laughs> mm-hmm. And drop kick me Jesus through the goalposts of life. <laughs> yeah. This is a little bit more hymnal though, isn't it, as well? You know, there's that kind of like put give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning. Drop yeah. kick <laughs> drop kick me Jesus through the through the posts of life. Um yeah. Drop, kick me Jesus through the goal, post of life. Drop, kick me Jesus through the goal, post of life. Drop, kick me Jesus through the goal, post of life, and point me in a touchdown. Like, it's... <laughs> ah, now, Spike me that, in a that, touchdown. That's the clue I've been waiting for. So this is an American football term, is it? <laughs> I was, yeah, I could tell it was a sports, but I didn't know which one. I, I googled it, and it was... Uh, it, it, mostly rugby came up, but there was mm. one NFL link, and I now find... That a drop kick, which I've always imagined as as all sorts of you know complicated things involving I don't know maybe maybe bringing a foot up and like wagging it down onto something or something like that. No, a drop kick is literally just when you drop the ball and then you kick the ball once it's on the floor. <laughs> yeah, that's that's, that's a drop it kick for you. Yeah, that's rubbish. <laughs> Nonsense. Well, I thought you'd at least have to like jump you know what i mean and come down on the ball in some way okay so i'm now watching a a, a video in which two wrestlers teach you how to do the drop kick and i now think that this is what people have been talking about not the football one but the wrestling one because what this guy's doing is he's running towards a bloke jumping into the air so that both of his feet go out in front of him and kick the guy at the same time and then he falls to the ground having kicked the bloke with both right in front of him like that that i suspect is what the drop kick people have been saying is an impressive move is i think what we're doing here is some sports like paleontology i think we're, we're, we're figuring stuff out here brushing brushing the bones off and and yeah getting to the all right yeah. well listen Let's because it's goal co- goalposts. Let's assume. Oh yeah, so it must be the normal one. It's right? the sports one. Right? So what we're asking Jesus to do is just wait until we're on the floor, which is normal. We're always on the floor, so we're just standing there, and if we want <laughs> Jesus to just kick us really hard, you know, in the shin, and then <laughs> and then we'll go through a we'll goalpost. Miraculously, somehow. go very very far. Well, I reckon Jesus probably got a strong kick on him because he's got god powers isn't he so he could just he power up powers. if he yeah. just goes like and his you know his hair goes yellow and sticks up and then he kicks you then and his beard and, goes yellow and sticks up then and it's like he says he says forgive them oh lord they, yes. do, they know not where they're about to land and yeah yeah exactly <laughs> where they they know not where they're going yeah. and you go straight through the goal and then yeah. you turn the other yeah. shit yeah. i i <laughs> i do assume i do assume that that's Kind of like um, I have the power to Jesus, right? Going, I have the power. Instead of that, it's forgive me, forgive them, oh Lord, they know not what they do. Then his hair goes big, lightning streaks the sky, and he's able to drop kick really hard or be resurrected a week later. Yeah, that's definitely what happened. Exactly, yeah, that's how he did it the first time. That was when he first came back to life. Um, First, he's done it millions of times since. Drop of a hat now. Yeah, <laughs> easy. This easy. Is, yeah. <laughs> this is the most amazing Dolly Parton music video. Yeah, I have, it's I have a, ever it's, heard. Do you know what? We now have precedent, Tom. It's not just a a we, for, for this being on Netflix. Yeah. We now no no longer can have to make it a music video. This is a Dolly Parton musical. Right. <laughs> right. With that being the uh, the the title song. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, uh, Christmas on the Square. It very recently came out la- la- last Christmas. That was a mm. uh, 
That was one evening me and uh, me and Jenny had watching Netflix over Christmas in lockdown. That was definitely an evening <laughs> watching watching Dolly Parton uh, just sort of. Uh, they're not this good songs. The, it's at this moment that for the first time I discover that Christmas on the Square wasn't the EastEnders' Christmas special of that year. <laughs> it turns out it's a Dolly Parton musical. I genuinely didn't know this. I thought it was weird that it was on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> no, Dave, Christmas on the Square is about a, a town uh, and the, um, the, main, the, the main baddie um, mm. is, who owns the entire town is selling the entire town and the opening the uh, opening number is her wandering around and going look I'm giving you all eviction notices and she pins one to a dog and she yeah. pins one to a, like <laughs> pins one to every wall and and goes yeah. Up, yeah I'm a bad guy with money I'm, bad. I'm a bad guy yeah um yeah that's that's christmas on the square that's Dolly why Parton. we shouldn't that see that's why there shouldn't be whole towns owned by a single person I've always yeah. said this Mm. But it's, it's okay because Dolly Parton plays an angel. Oh, that's right. Okay. What, in, uh, in Drop Kick Me Jesus for the Goalposts of Life? Or, uh... This is yes, the thing. Drop this is a... we, there's been a lot of discussion so far, but we haven't come up with any story for this. Mm. That's why I said it was yeah, just a music need... video for uh, the Dolly Parton right. song Drop uh, Kick you Me still Jesus. Need, if you're having a proper Dolly life. Parton music video, you've still got to have some kind of a story going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I don't like. Music videos need a story, same as anything else. Yeah. Um, it can be abstract, but it's mm. it, it, we need to have a, a through line, definitely. Um, well, I think we so, get Dolly Parton dressed up in full American football gear, and mm-hmm. she's plowing through all these all these other American <laughs> footballers, uh, yeah. scoring touchdowns, beating the shit out of people. Ripping. I actually, I actually disagree, Tom. Mm. I, I think we don't put her in 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 American football gear. Yeah. I think we put her in her angel dress from Christmas on the Square. Yeah. Um, I think we have all the other American footballers be in their gear, and she's like, she's just participating, right? In a, in a normal way in an American football game, mm. she's getting into the big scrum at the, in, in the defense. She's pushing people over, right? And and it, the, like a la Space Jam, it's a montage of her team losing, right? Yeah. But then, partway through the song, they all pray, and mm. in they all come together, right? Their their heads yeah. locking together in a big kind of communitive like. Oh, we're and, gonna and do like, this, right? The, it, the shot is from beneath them, and the gap is in the shape of a cross. Yes. Well, the, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking the shot is from above because when they break, right, they all go whoa, standing in the center, like uh, like R. Kelly <laughs> in a field of corn from the from the grass, <laughs> yeah, coming out of the is, ground. Is 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 Jesus Christ? Uh, yeah, and the new star player, the new star kicker, and what happens is Tolly Parton bends down with the ball in hands. <laughs> yes, and Jesus, and Jesus just takes a run up and then kicks her, kicks her bum in the most cartoonish way possible, and she goes flying, flapping her little angel wings over the bar. Okay, so first of all, all of this should be ruled unfair in the game, right? I I think there's got to be some kind of overseeing 
like board who who make decisions <laughs> of this sort of thing. I don't know how the sport works. Is there a referee? If there is, this would be straight out because first off, what you've got is they've all that one team has prayed to win the game and it has actually summoned Jesus. Now, <laughs> on the one hand, that must mean that God is in favor of it, so you can't really overrule God. But on the other hand, it's definitely against the rules of of American football. Nowhere in nowhere in the rules of American football. Uh, it is it American say... football, so probably yeah. Anything Jesus wants is is probably nowhere. In, does it say that you can't you can't do summoning? Partway through the music video, everyth- the music stops, and we just get this uh, referee turning to camera and just going, "Offense." Messianic interference, five-yard penalty, <laughs> and then the music video just continues. Yeah, there is a rule against it, but the penalty is only five yards. <laughs> <laughs> and because Jesus is so good, he can get those five yards. But there's a second problem that I have, which is that once, even if you allow that Jesus kicked this ball and that that's allowed, now you've got an angel carrying the ball, flapping her little wings... So that's cheating again. It's not even Jesus anymore. That's like she's flying it towards the the goal. So I I feel as if we're going to end up in a situation where the judges of American football are going to be ruling against our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I think that's going to that that's going to that's going to have to go all the way up to the top. The church is going to have to get involved in this to rule which way it goes. Because on the one hand, yeah, the the referee and the judges of the sport are right that it's definitely cheating. But on the other hand, they're ru- trying to rule against Jesus and his angel, Dolly Parton. Yeah. <laughs> so his it's, angel on earth, like, Dolly Parton. And you, and you end up with, uh, I don't know, Daniel Craig as, as, a, as a lawyer being like, I, I will show you that uh, nowhere in the, in, in the, in the law... Because on this podcast, rules, Daniel Craig always does that voice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and nowhere in the rules of football does it say that uh, uh, that either uh, a messiah can cannot be summoned, nor that a, that a player cannot use their God-given abilities to uh, to fly the ball through the goal. It goes to court, and the, the prosecution, <laughs> the of course, video, is, is the music is still yeah. playing through, through the song. No, the, yeah. mu- you, the-, the music is stopped, and, it, and the music remains stopped for the entire court case. <laughs> In which Billy Connolly, the man who sued God, is the prosecution. Um, and he's <laughs> foaming at the mouth. He's furious uh, uh, at God getting, getting away with it, getting off with another one. God's, again, <laughs> God's been tampering away. with loads of sports recently. <laughs> He's, he's he's not only the man who sued God, but he's the foremost prosecution uh, lawyer now. Yeah. Um, of 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 kind of messianic uh, uh, kind of infractions. But then, of course, God wins because uh, it's a Dolly Parton music video. Um, it doesn't matter if it's a, of course God wins. No matter whose music video it was, God could just change time so that he won or anything. Uh, yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, yeah generally. Generally, that that happens, and when the when when the judge says "bang bang," God wins. Um, <laughs> the judge just says that. <laughs> yeah, the judge says "bang bang," God wins with my gavel. Bang bang, <laughs> bang bang, God wins. The the opposing team go to jail, and then um, the 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 opposing team you do get sent to jail, and that's when the Dolly Parton music starts up again. Hey. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and we finish the music video. Twenty five minutes of intense court drama later. 
<laughs> I think that's perfectly acceptable, and I, I, I really think that, like, I wouldn't be at all surprised if I found out that there is already a Dolly Parton music video that does that. <laughs> I just twenty-five minutes of court drama. Maybe not 25 minutes, but the full uncut version, yeah. The cinematic version, yeah. Uh, thank you to everyone who's given us titles this week. Hope you've enjoyed our apocryphal mentions. Uh, remember, you can get us on our social media, give us titles any time of the week, or just wait for our specific genre posts every week on our social media. That is facebook.com forward slash Life's a Pitch podcast and Twitter at Life's a Pitch show as well. So, we now move on to our final major pitch, which is from Pete Meller, The Greatest Story Ever Told 2, Resurrected in New York. Yes! Here we go! We get to bring Tim Curry in as a hotel manager in this one. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Now, is he going to be the same hotel manager from the Nativity Story? That's the thing. Is he going to have been resurrected as well to bring about the new (laughs) resurrection? (laughs) I, I think we sort of like we we could even leave that like that to be a parallel that is like he hasn't been resurrected as such. Uh-huh. It's just whenever this is told, there's always mm. a hotel manager. Yeah, there's always because <clears throat> of course Tim Curry uh, we know can do hotel manager in um, a, a big luxuriant hotel in New York from um, from Home Alone Two Lost in New York, of which I'm sure the title is referencing. <laughs> Yes. Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? I do. It is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we know he can do that. We know he can yeah. be the uh, uh, the sort of like, mm, Mr. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm... I'm... Uh, have you... Uh, have you checked in all right... Uh, the uh, any any sort of like because of course Jesus is a is a kind of like a hippie from the Middle East, mm-hmm. so <laughs> he's gonna be all sorts of prejudiced against him. Yeah, uh, mm. he's gonna be As even even right. more suspicious of him using his dad's credit card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that will be a, that will be a bit of dialogue, right? So I'm assuming Brendan Fraser is playing Jesus. <laughs> Get down oh, okay, on your sure, knees yeah. and tell you. Tell me you repent. <laughs> I repent. Um, so, so, so how is so, so? Is he just resurrected because he's just resurrected? Is this the original resurrection? Like he dies on the cross, and then two thousand years later, he he you know he expe- he tried to resurrect three days later, but just overshot. Ended up in New York in <laughs> in let's say the you know the very early nineties. Yeah. And um, and um, or is it that there's been some kind of ritual? Someone has resurrected him. <laughs> What's happened? <laughs> so I mean, like that, like the first one gives Jesus a sort of Doctor Who energy, right? Which is mm, yeah. like uh, unsurprising because Doctor Doctor Who or the Doctor has a, a very Jesus energy. Um, uh, like the idea of him him being like, oh, I was meant to come back. Uh, Fifty years later, but uh, here we are. Yeah, I, yeah. He can't, like, the hey. controls aren't working. He says, "Hey, I'm not hey. supposed to." This <laughs> Brendan Fraser's. Uh, it's the key phrase to get into Brendan Fraser's voice. I'm not <laughs> supposed to be in in the year two thousand. We're setting this in the year two thousand. Okay, year two thousand, right? Yeah. 
<laughs> because because it feels like there were a lot of there are a lot of movies about around then that was yeah. like we're in modern times now. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like it, it, it's got. Hey. Kind of weird George of the Jungle vibes to this, <laughs> or, like, or, or indeed Hercules in New York, right? Yeah, like, yeah. This sort of <laughs> or uh, Crocodile um, Dundee, mm. um, yeah, or Big yeah. in the City, yeah, Big in the City. Just, just some. And I think there, there was a film that came. It, it was a few years ago now, but Hitler came back and oh. was just walking around New York oh, in the modern that. day. Wow, sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> I assumed that would have been trendy on Twitter if Hitler came back. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it was a film. It wasn't. Oh, I see. I see. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So, like, we 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 need we need a um, a an, what's important right now is that we have to have a like central uh, tension, right? Mm. There's got to be something that Jesus either has to achieve or that Jesus is going to, like, um, is going to stop or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah, what's his, what's his I want? I think, because it can't, it can't just be the, the standard Jesus stuff of like, of, like, die for our sins because it's... Because he's done it. He's done that. Yeah, yeah he's already done it. <laughs> Satan has come back early and has set up a law firm in New York. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, a high-ranking law firm in New York, and uh-huh. and Satan in this movie is played by Liz Hurley. Okay, now yeah, of course, clearly, clearly a, a good choice. She's mm-hmm. worked with Brendan Fraser on a film before, in which yep. she played the devil. She's done it before. Yep. She's got a good good chemistry with Brendan Fraser. It's great. It's great. So. But he doesn't know he has. He's just been. He's just been sent to New York in the in the mid two thousands for some reason. He doesn't know why. His dad won't tell him. He's just sort of resurrected. He he appears in this in this in central in Central Park, um, yeah. sort of middle of the night on, on the on the on the bandstand. Yeah, on the bandstand, and uh, one of the gardeners, uh, played by Sean Astin. Um, yeah. appears and he's just like, whoa, whoa, who are you? And he's like, I'm Jesus. <laughs> Hello. You know, he, just, he, just, he says, he says, he says, Jesus Christ. Uh, and then, yeah, and then yeah. of course, uh, the, uh, or, or just even Jesus. And then Sean Astin's like, I know it's surprise. I was surprised when you appeared as well, but what's your name? Jesus, um, <laughs> there's a bit of comedy. Brendan Fraser, there. of course. Yeah, Brendan <laughs> Fraser, of course, sounding sounding more and more like Scooby Doo, um, yep. and <laughs> and that'll only continue. It gets more and more like that mm. as we go along. Um, Sean, Sean Astin, I pr- presume, or, or any other character, um, takes pity on Jesus and sort of tries to acquaint this uh, troubled man with New York, who he appears to be unfamiliar with. Yep. Um, uh, at which point, like they, they eventually, he ends up wandering into the into this hotel and mm. convincing someone that he's got a room there. Um, <laughs> and uh, and and at which point we we, we realise that Liz Hurley is also staying at the same hotel. Ah, um, yes. And so she's gonna be she's gonna be talking to Tim Curry, who's the hotel manager, yeah. uh, who and 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 
getting trying to get him to kick Brendan Fraser out the room, and that whole dynamic is going to be a kind of like uh, uh, that that sort of like low stakes. <laughs> yeah because obviously liz hurley brings like she's a, a very well-paying client of the hotel so she's always exactly she's always splashing out on i don't know like room service wine and stuff. i don't know what you can do to spend loads of money in a hotel but she does all it she gets massages she hires out entire floors for business meetings all that stuff they love her there so anything yeah. she says goes tim curry is really really sucking up to her and um, yeah I, I and, think- and, and and she says she phones up she phones up tim curry and goes uh uh tim darling uh, I would love a bottle of sacrilegious wine, and he says, "Oh, you mean you mean sacramental wine? I'm sure I can have a, co- a conversation with the Catholic Church." No, 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 sacrilegious wine, please. And he's, he's like, "I'm how, not how sure you, where I'm going to get one of how those." How do you make sacrilegious wine? Do you just do you just piss in it? I think you. Uh, you get sacramental wine and then you infuse it with like I don't know the most what's the most like sacrilegious thing Look, we got to break one of know. the Ten Commandments you, you around get, it yeah you, get, so you, gotta, you just steal the wine Tim Curry's got to go and steal some wine <laughs> the, the wine right the, the sacrilegious wine is what happens when you get you start making wine and while you're crushing the grapes with your feet yeah. you're just looking at your neighbor's ox. <laughs> Yeah, Coveting, you're just yeah. you're just going. Oh, I wish I had that blooming ox. Yeah. Oh, screw this, screw this <laughs> winemaking business. So Tim Curry's I in wish the back. That... <laughs> Tim Curry's in the back room of this hotel, crushing crushing grapes with his feet, looking at looking at the next hotel along's ox and going, Oh, I wish yeah. I had that ox. Yeah. <laughs> He's looking across the road at, at, at Wall Street. That's got that bull, right? He's going, oh, well, I should have, I should have, I should have been a, 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 a stockbroker, <laughs> which which counts as as uh, coveting the ox. Yes, I like that. I like that. Uh, I think I think Sean Astin is is kind of. I think we've got like a sister act storyline going on with Sean Astin. He he. He okay. works as a gardener, but he, he goes to church constantly, and there's there's loads of people who aren't turning up at church. Uh, it's, it's just just him and and some other sort of like a few other people, and it's it's run down. There's like a giant hole. He's sort of running a soup kitchen situation. Yeah, yeah, and he, he's doing the best for his community, but he's he's up against the odds, kind of thing. And I, th- I think Brendan Fraser can really help him uh, help him sort uh, sort out the the local community. Yeah. Yeah, like, I wonder if I wonder if Jesus's whole thing of for of for getting because we got we now need to we we haven't given Brendan Fraser surprisingly much agency in this yet. Mm. I think we um I think maybe we uh, have him going to this hotel because it's kind of like his version of turning over tables in the temple. Like oh, yeah. he he comes back with all the all the free bread and breakfast uh, at the start of um like. That, that you get when you uh, when you when you go to the hotel, he gets the entire mini bar and just carries it out of the, oh. of the hotel down to the soup kitchen. And like when he's having his when he's having his breakfast, he's got some little rolls and he's got those little squares of butter, and he opens both of the squares of butter, but he only uses one, so one's just open and nobody can use that now. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So That's which exactly. is the modern equivalent of he, turning the tables? He he gives he gives Tim Curry his dad's credit cards. Which Tim Curry is very suspicious of, and then goes up mm-hmm. to the room and just keeps on emptying. Like, 
That minibar, he takes the minibar out of the room, takes it to this um, to this soup kitchen, and just he feeds five thousand people out of that yeah. one minibar. <laughs> one yeah. little minibar, yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is really annoying to the hotel owner for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the thing. T- Tim Curry like should be fine with it. He's he's paid yeah. for everything outside that minibar. Oh, he's got an unlimited you know unlimited credit on on that credit card. <laughs> No, do you know? Do you know what it is? It's it's. He says, oh, this stuff all, all seems pretty expensive." Uh, to this is to Tim Curry. He says, "Can can I just buy the whole mini bar for like let's say two hundred dollars?" And then uh, he, he's like, "Ah," uh, and, and he and he turns around to his to his friend and he goes, "There's nothing worth more than ten dollars in there." Oh, yes, of course you can. And then so he picks up the fridge and he just goes and he just <laughs> walks down the stairs. He, he just gives him $200, right? And then outside on a table, Sean Astin's got like a soup kitchen lined up mm. and Jesus basically keeps opening up the fridge and like handing out things to people yeah. and then closing it again and then opening it and it's completely restocked every single time. So he's just like uh, everyone who would, and he's, it's just outside the restaurant. So even rich people who would be going to this soup uh, thing are, or even better, right? Because this is going to make Tim Curry in a, in a worse light. Um, there's just a queue of, of poor people now outside the, this big snazzy hotel. Mm. And so that's why he, uh, Tim Curry's annoyed is because like not only has he, you know, uh, somehow sold this magic um, this magic fridge that can create infinite infinite food, but also I guess Toblerones and little <laughs> bottles of rum. This um, is going to be my be- I, this is a question I was going to ask. What is in a hotel minibar, and is it of any use at this soup <laughs> at this soup kitchen? Because I think of a minibar as containing you know sweets, alcohol mostly. Yeah, yeah, like because yeah. it's the word bar, but then sweets, yeah. Like, I, basically, I've never availed myself of a hotel minibar, ever, I don't think. No. Um, I, I don't even open them, just in case I somehow, like, accidentally trip the, the you're paying for this whole Yes, no, exactly, yeah. yeah. And I, it's simply not important <laughs> enough for me to do that uh, accidentally. So, like, so I, <laughs> yeah. I literally don't know what's in them. Sandwiches? I don't know. Cause my, and, oh, and this is the other thing. What does Jesus' powers actually do here? Because, it, so, on the one hand, question. he could have replication powers so like you got one yeah. Toblerone now everyone's got a Toblerone right that's yeah. like the, the same power Oprah had she did it with cars that time mm. but or it could be does he have the power where whatever he's got a Toblerone he gives it out it's loaves and fishes now is that what his yeah. power is is it specifically <laughs> loaves and fishes because they're still Maybe. good loaves and fishes still good like we'll still eat them you now can st- you can still eat loaves and fishes um it's just not I, what you want out of a hotel minibar, is it? You reach in, you've got a fish. <laughs> a fish. <laughs> He's doing this kind of weird soup kitchen with his Toblerones turning into... And they open the, the... So it's a big... Right, what it is, is it's this long Toblerone box. Yeah. <laughs> sort of like this, that, that triangular prism. Well, and it and just when keeps they pulling open it the out, end of it... It just keeps <laughs> pulling it out, it out of the minibar further and further and further. <laughs> Well, I was gonna, okay. Yes, yeah, yes, that, and also there's a Pringles can, right? And he opens the Pringles can, and he just pulls a really long baguette out. Yes, and on the side of the Toblerone, uh, on the side of the packet of the Toblerone, it starts coming out, and you think it's going to say Toblerone, but it says Toblerone, 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 forever. <laughs> 
with the Pringles can, Tim Curry looks outside angrily and just goes, he's popped and he's not stopping. And, and then runs to the phone to get to get Liz Hurley on the phone. It's like, I, I need a lawyer. <laughs> Jesus I, Jesus pops open the top of the Pringles can and like French bread baguettes just pop out like snakes out of a can. <laughs> <laughs> and they do, yeah, they're making little firework noises. Yeah. <laughs> drawing even more attention to to the uh to this like the, you know the 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 um reporters are now on the scene as they always are in those 2000 era movies, right? Yeah. Um immediately there's reporters everywhere and they're like, "Look at this. This will be on the front page and it's like what man pulls Toblerone out of fridge." Like that's not <laughs> to be on the front page. <laughs> 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 It always happens, though. In those era of movies, it's like this really, really small thing will happen, and then mm. there's a reporter going, this'll be front-page news, and it's like, yep. mill owner threatens to... Uh, <laughs> threatens development of local home. And it's like, <laughs> nah. Yeah. That's not, that's not gonna tiny, happen. Tiny news. Um, <laughs> gi- giant peach lands on Empire State Building. That one, in fact, that says big. That, the, the headline there was "Big Peach and the Big Apple," and uh, yes, that would be front. That page. is fair that enough. That would be front page, page news. Yeah, I reckon it would. But Jesus comes back and serves Toblerone to, to homeless people. Is, is, <laughs> uh, do you know is, what? That might be front page news. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but at the moment, it's just a man who looks a lot like Brendan Fraser. Yeah, <laughs> opens. It might hit T- TMZ. But I don't think it's gonna uh, it's gonna make it. Oh right, yeah. So this is in a universe where there is already Brendan Fraser, but (laughs) but Jesus comes back and it turns out looks exactly like Brendan Fraser. So everyone just reckons he's Brendan Fraser doing stuff. So I think I think we we, later on we find out that that's actually part of it. It's just Jesus didn't look like this before, right? Right. He's kind of regenerated. Yeah, yeah. He takes on the appearance of of someone from that era. Yeah. Yeah. So back in the day, he looked like a guy from the Middle East. Mm. Um, and and now he looks like the like is like where can I do the where, God's like where can he do the most good? Mm. Well, New York City, two thousand AD, mm-hmm. and he's gonna look like the person who can do who who people will trust. Well, Brendan Fraser, right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mid two thousands, Brendan Fraser, someone, yeah. someone who is incredibly good looking, trustworthy, just just there to do a good job. Yeah. But yeah, okay, so this is the point I think at which it kind of starts to get a bit weird. Like, um, Liz <laughs> Hurley has now been contracted. Yeah. Liz <laughs> Hurley's now been contracted in by, by Tim Curry to, um, to, to try and stop Jesus. And she's like, <laughs> by all means. Right? <laughs> oh, Absolutely, yes. I will. Um, Absolutely. Not. And so, yes, no problem. And so, like, I think the way she does this is by targeting not Jesus. Mm. But um, is Gardner mate? Oh yeah, right. He's the one who's do- who's getting all the attention, right? Mm. And maybe he is. He is. He did get out of prison or whatever before yeah. he became a gardener, and then turned. Like, that's where he like turned to Christ um, in his in his life. That's mm. where he turned to, to, to the Bible, mm-hmm. and um, like you know, he's starting to do these these. Um, that's why he started making the soup kitchen and stuff because he got out of prison mm. and he was like, I'm going to change my life. Um, and so Liz Hurley's dredging up his past. She's like, 
um, you know, kind of, she's she's kind of casting a spell on him by, like, maybe she does the whole, like, the bedazzled thing and, like, sort of, like, tries to pick him up in a bar or whatever and then take him <laughs> down a sinful path. So Jesus then becomes Sean Astin's lawyer and it's it's a it's a it's a court battle between Jesus and the devil. <laughs> with John with John Lifkow, the judge. We need we need something for this to be a we need something higher concept then in in that case, right? Because mm. is this going to be is, is this like the battle for one soul is the battle for the earth, right? Yeah. Like is that what it is? Like they they make a wager that um that Liz Hurley's like. Okay, so okay, here's it. Here it is. Soup kitchen's going really well, right? Because yep. of Jesus infinitely able to replicate food. Yeah. <laughs> um, or bread and fish. And you need a quite. I, Sean, I don't know about you, but I need quite a lot of bread if I'm going to eat soup. I want my bread to last the whole soup, basically, and that's a yes. lot of bread. So, but luckily sure. with Jesus there, not a problem. Mm. Absolutely fine. So Sean Astin, obviously, quite rightly, is in the paper, um, being like, "This is the man of the hour." selflessly doing things a reformed man whatever like you know this is a man who's who who really is this um uh who's doing good in the world right hence why jesus sort of latched onto him and and, and said you know was drawn to him mm-hmm. he's in the paper and now it's become this kind of like tabloid circus because because liz hurley's called up her friends at the uh, the tabloids and they're they're raking up his past and it's threatening the grant that he was going to be given to, to expand the soup kitchen nationwide, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if and he's about to lose that, and and even like you know, perhaps um, someone comes forward from his past with a you know he he did a, like an armed robbery back in the day that he was the driver for, and yeah. he said, oh, I know some other crimes that he did back in the day that I'll be happy to talk to the papers about, mm-hmm. um, and so like all this is coming up. So now, and Liz Hurley's like, "Oh no, such a shame." She's like, like she's leaning against the wall as, as Brendan Fraser's like reading this paper, and um, she's like, "Oh, such a shame, isn't it?" I and he's like, "Well, you better stop. You better stop what you're doing to my friend Sean Aston. He's a good man." And uh, and she's like, "Well, uh, he did some bad things. He's probably coming down with me when he dies." <laughs> and he's like, "No, he's not. He's a good guy." And, he's um, a good guy. And, and, <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> no, he's not. He's a good guy. Um. So, so she's like, "Well, why don't we? Why don't we put it to the test?" And that's, and she's like, "If, if you, um, if you win this court case, I'll leave forever. But if I win, you have to go back to heaven for two hundred years and not interfere with my messing around here." Right, <laughs> calls it that. She calls yeah. it messing around. Can I also put in a joke about when she uh, gets all the tabloids involved? She's like, "Oh yes, the only person I bow down to, Rupert Murdoch." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I like it, Tom, but no, yeah. there are no jokes in this movie. Oh, <laughs> it's serious. deadly Damn serious. It. serious movie. It's a Zack Snyder movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, and and like the Zack Snyder movie, um, what happens next is they all just do the things they said they're going to do, um, despite people trying to tell them not to. They just keep doing it, and then the then the movie ends. Yeah, yep, yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> it. Well, I mean, like, 
Yeah, that they uh, they they come to the conclusion that that all humans have free will and can do what they want, and uh, and Jesus and the devil are still just Brendan Fraser and Liz Hurley on uh, on on Earth. <laughs> yeah, wait, hang on. Are we saying that um, who is the who is the judge again? Uh, John Lithgow. John Lithgow. Uh, John Lithgow is like. I rule, and then um, uh, and everyone's like leaning in, like, is it going to be like guilty or innocent of of this this crime mm-hmm. uh, way back when, the crime of being a terrible person, Sean Astin, and he's like, I rule that the this case is uh, fundamentally flawed, that that all humans have free will, and then um, it's revealed that jo- that, that uh, John Lithgow is in fact God. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't until then that humans had free will, and that was it. He's just ruled it there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. I want my credit card back. <laughs> Give me back my credit card, Tim Curry's character. <laughs> You have another 200 years to be better human race, and then we'll see. <laughs> so there you go. Resurrected in New York. A, uh, a, an early noise uh, kind of comedy. Sorry, Brennan <laughs> Fraser, Sean Astin, and Liz But with Hurley. no jokes. With no jokes. <laughs> no jokes allowed. No jokes allowed. <laughs> but that's all right because in the early 2000s we were making a kind of comedy with no jokes that was very popular at the time so. <laughs> yeah so thank you all for listening to this week's episode the biblical epics uh, remember to find us on our social medias as i've said earlier on in the show so i don't bore you with them again thank you dave for coming on the show it's all right where can people find you if they uh, if they want to see your content? My content? My content. Well, I've told them it before, but I'm going to tell them it again now. I've got two podcasts. One of them is called Sonic the Comic the Podcast, and it is a podcast about what it was like to live in the early to mid-90s as a child in the UK. And one of the things that we mainly did then was read a comic about Sonic the Hedgehog. It was completely mainstream, and everybody read it. Yes, everybody read it. That's the thing that we're talking about. This the latest issue... Oh, uh, when's this coming out? Well, uh, at time of recording... Recording the latest episode has us talking about like Lego things and um, horror toys and all sorts of stuff that was going on at the time. That's a thing. I have another podcast called Serious Disney's in which we talk about sort of animation and adjacent things done by the Disney Corporation, who are a confusing bunch of people who, on the one hand, produce great art that we love, and on the other hand, are a very big sinister corporation that have taken over the whole world. And uh, so, yeah, we discussed that, and we particularly discussed their remakes of... their live-action remakes of old classic animated films, which are almost... No, I was, I was going to say they're almost all worse than the original. I think it's safe to say they're all worse than the original. They're almost mm-hmm. all just bad and disliked films, but some of them are quite good, and uh, we always give them a... What was it you called it, Matt? We give them a, a fair... Uh, a good faith... Yeah, yeah, you, you you talk about them in good faith as if they were f- movies worthy of that. <laughs> yeah, we well, yeah we do. Yeah, we do. We're trying our we're trying our best not to be one of those sort of cynical uh, let's laugh at the thing because it's bad podcasts. Um, but we've chosen a thing that it's very difficult to not be one of those podcasts about. So that's the premise of serious business. <laughs> You'll enjoy that and start coming the podcast. And you can find me over on Twitter. I'm Demon Tomato Dave. I'm on Twitch and YouTube under that name as well. If you have any- 
enjoyed this show, then uh, uh, quite outside of going to listen to those two podcasts, you can uh, uh, tell other people about this one. You've gotten this far, so I've got to assume you've enjoyed it. So please do consider telling your friends about it, telling people who you like to talk daft about films with. Um, if you want the podcast to keep going and keep getting better, then you can go over to patreon.com forward slash life's a pitch podcast. Patreon is a place where you can go and give money to your favorite creators to help them keep doing it. We have one. Uh, It's over there and you can give as little as a dollar a month to vote on the genre we do each time and also um, get yourself a little bit of bonus content whilst helping out um, a kind of what could be described as art if you use a very loose definition of art. So, uh, yeah, thanks to all those people who do that because um, they, they keep the place going and they get their names read out each week. Which is, I mean, let's be honest, the main, the main real reason to be doing this. So, those people whose, uh, whose names we read out every week are Brandon Spanky Mills, 400 baby serial dragons in a trench coat. Mr. Bisque, we're getting reports of a crack team trying to stop you in the past. Jeremy L. Kayyem, Stephen D. Thomas, fingers to hand. Pime Trimester, the timulator is detecting a second time warp and it's not us. James Delaney. Brames D. Tom Kyam. <laughs> we, we can't stop the Wusk heap born alone. We need a hero. We need Brent Black. <laughs> Him. But will he answer our call? 400 approacheth. All will rise. All will pall. Your mysterious benefactor, Joseph Hegarty. Pentvis, come quickly. Paulvin is appearing over the so- all over the sodding time screen. What do we do? Window cleaners stole my apricots. Jimmy, you're right. The Bisque Vengers are coming along nicely, but we're a bit too safe for work. We need Alex NSFW. Carl, not only are you immune to jumbling, but your bone marrow seems to reverse jumbulation. We have to harvest you. Nikki Hindmarch. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So are the people coming up with these names aware of what the next name on the list after their name is going to be? Because that I, one definitely I, led into the NSFW one. I, I read them in the same order every week. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> Cracking the digital mainframe? That doesn't mean anything, Davey. Why don't you just try a forgotten password request? Matt, here's the pitch. It's a podcast in which we pitch movie ideas at, at each either. Eden MW. Tom, by Jove, you've cracked it. Send it to the podcast printy press thing and get us on Spotify. <laughs> and that's everyone. So thank you all for keeping the show going and thank you for uh, detailing your own special narrative there within. <laughs> I, they, they're so good. I want to read the, uh, the, the other work of whoever's writing some of these. <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff. It's proper good stuff. It's good stuff. Like all yeah, will fall the... is fantastic. <laughs> all will rise. All will fall. <laughs> uh, brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Well. Th- yeah. Thank you to all those people. Um, uh, thank you again, Dave, for coming on the show. Uh, right. We usually finish the um, finish the show with a yes, very clever award, right? Mm. Yes. Yeah. So the yes, I very- hear. The Yes Very Clever Award, uh, we give out to someone who's given us a title based around an existing title. Just had a bit of fun with it. So, uh, this week's winner is Ross underscore Originals, who's given us 
Joseph the Technicolor Dreamboat. <laughs> oh, he's so he's so dreamy. He has teeth right down the middle of his face. Not a single hair on his body apart from those luscious locks. Well, teeth all the way down the middle of his face from like forehead <laughs> yeah. to chin. Yeah. It looks like a zip. That's how you describe an Osmond, right? That was Gary Bond. That was Jason Donovan. That was Philip Schofield. Donny Osmond. They only cast people who've got just a line of teeth going all the way down their face. I honestly thought you meant that's how they cast the Osmonds, isn't it? Because that's, that's how they... Like, they weren't a family. They just looked very similar. They all had teeth going down the middle of their face. Um, and we'll leave you with that. I've been Tom McGrath. I've been Matt Turner. I've been Dave Bulmer. And as ever, you should do a thing where you remind yourself who pitched it. <laughs> <Hooray>! <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha